Today on the podcast, we are talking about one accessory that can dramatically improve your photography. They have been used for nearly as long as photography has been a profession, and even in today's world where we can do almost anything in post, they are still super important. We are talking about filters, real life filters, those pieces of glass that go near your lens that can add stops of light, color hues, remove haze, and do all sorts of cool creative things. This episode, we'll go over what filters are, the various types of standard filters you will use, and suggestions for what to look for when you buy them. This is episode 35 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. I'm your host, Rob Massey. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to tune on in. I'm stoked that you are here. This podcast is the educational arm of Robert Massey Photography, my content creation firm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We focus on adventure portraiture, which is a chance for us to craft images for remarkable people doing what they love in the grand outdoors. You can follow along on our journey on Instagram at Robert Massey Photography. Now, on with the show. So, last week on the podcast, I mentioned circular polarizers a couple of times. After that episode published, I had conversations with a few listeners asking about filters in general and how they can improve your photography, and I figured there'd be more people with these questions. Hence, today's episode, all about filters. Now, the filters I'm talking about are not the ones you put on a picture in an editing application or on a social media platform. Those are digital filters, and they are vastly different than what we are talking about here. We are discussing real-life filters. These type of filters are super crucial for anyone looking to up their photography game. They can allow you to drag out time and create silky smooth water or get rid of tourists. They can balance out an overly bright sky versus the ground, add or remove a color cast, reduce glare and reflections, and add a punch of color and vibrancy. Pretty much any type of photographer can benefit from using these filters. And as you can see, they do a lot for your camera and for the images that you're taking. Pretty much Anybody is going to benefit, but those who will benefit the most are those who shoot landscapes, travelscapes, and adventure portraiture. Basically, if you're outside of a studio, these filters are going to be super awesome for you. Now, there are a few common types of filters that we're going to talk about today, but before we launch into that, I want to talk about how the filters are mounted to a lens, because there are two common ways filters are mounted. Directly onto the filter threads at the front, or on an adapter that is screwed onto those same filter threads. There is a third mounting type called drop-in filters that go near the back of a lens, but those are typically on highly specialized pieces of glass or using specific adapters, and at this moment in time, they aren't nearly as common as the other two type of filters. So the first type of filter, the ones that screw directly onto the filter threads, are circular filters. These are typically very portable, don't add a ton of heft and size to your lens setup, and are easily movable in a space. So you can explore around with them on your lens and not really have to worry about them being knocked into or anything like that. The downside is that they typically can't be stacked with other types of filters. You usually get one and that is it. So you can use one of these type of filters, but you don't get to add various effects on top of them. The second type of filter goes on an adapter that is screwed into the lens threads. These are typically square rectangular filters. The advantage of these is that they are stackable. You can put two or more together, depending on the type of adapter you have, to create different effects and strengths of impact. This is huge for crafting specific images. Because you could mount two neutral density filters together with a graduated neutral density filter to balance out the sky. 
You could put a couple of different color casts on them to get rid of various colors that are in your environment. You can do a lot of amazing things by being able to stack them on top. Now, how many filters you can stack in front will depend entirely on the system that you're using and the adapting mount that you use for the filters. So basically, just look at that when you're looking at buying this type of filter. Just see how many you can stack in front of them, because some of them will only have two, some of them will have four. I think four is the most common typically, and then I've seen ones with like eight and ten, but those tend to be a bit excessive, to be totally honest. The downside to this type of filter is that they add a lot of bulk to your lens because this sticks out on the front with an adapter and then you typically have these huge pieces of glass that are 100 millimeters, 150 millimeters on front. So they add a lot of bulk to your lens and they take up a lot of space in your bag and they aren't nearly as easy to explore with while they're on the front of your camera. You've got to be a lot more careful because they can get banged into really, really easily. But you do have a lot more creative flexibility. So it really depends on what you're trying to create and how you're creating images, which one of these are going to be the best for your type of photography. So those are the two common types of filters, circular thread mount filters and square slash rectangular filters that go on an adapter. Now, on to the filters themselves and what they do. Filters come in various styles and needs, but we will be discussing only the most important ones and the most common ones to keep it simple. They are neutral density filters, variable neutral density filters, graduated neutral density, and circular polarizers. Filters do come with the ability to add color to your image, to take away color casts, to do a bunch of other really cool things, but they're much more specifically creative, and they're not necessarily as needed for the adventures and the work that we tend to do for people who are traveling a lot, adventuring a lot. And so we're going to keep it down to just these four, because they tend to be the ones I find to be the most important. Let's start with neutral density filters, also known as ND filters. These filters job is to block light coming into your camera by adding a dark piece of glass onto the lens. How dark that glass is will depend on what you need. This allows you to decrease your shutter speed and drag out how time and light enters your camera, or to reduce your aperture, allowing you to craft creamier backgrounds in very bright light. Now, these are talked about in terms of stops of light that they block. So you can set them in strengths to block everything from a half stop of light up to 10 stops or more. I've seen them go up to 22 stops of light, which is a hugely tremendous amount of light to block. The most common strengths that you're going to be looking for are 3, 6, and 10 stop NDs. 6 stop NDs tend to be perfect to get a little bit of movement in the clouds when it's at least a little bit windy out at sunset. 10-stop NDs start to being able to be used in daylight, where you can like drag the clouds out almost at a bright sunny noon hour. And a 3-stop ND is fantastic to have around because you can add it to your 6-stop, so you don't have to carry the 10 with you, or you can use it just as sunset is beginning, and so you can get a little bit of a motion blur, especially in water, but you won't be going on for so long that you might miss out on really fantastic compositions during that sunset. Or sunrise, for that matter. They don't have to be used at sunset, obviously. So ND filters come in both the rectangular slash square variety and circular. So you can get them in either a mount that goes directly onto those threads, or you can get them on the ones that go on adapters. Now, the primary time you'll be using these in travel photography is to help stretch out the exposure time. So this will allow you to blur the movement of crowds around tourist sites, smooth out those clouds, or show a waterfall flow. To get the most out of this style of filter, you will need to be mounted on a tripod. 
Now, they can also be really helpful when you are doing portraits with off-camera lighting, but many of us won't be doing that with this style of lighting anyway, so I'm not going to go down that road here. There's plenty of tutorials online if you're interested in that. So there's really no difference between being able to use the circular neutral density and the square slash rectangular neutral density filters. The advantage comes in just being able to stack them. So you could turn a 10 stop and a 6 stop into a 16 stop neutral density if you can stack them on top of each other. But really in practice, if you know the stops that you actually need, having just one that goes on the front versus the adapter ones doesn't really make a difference. All right, let's move on to looking at a filter that combines multiple ND filters into one go. A variable neutral density filter. In its simplest terms, a variable ND provides you with multiple ND filters in one circular mount for the front of your lens. To use them, you mount the filter onto the lens and then turn it to select how many stops of light you want to block out. You can give variable NDs in various strengths, you just need to find one that suits you. The strength of this is that you really only need one ND filter in your bag and you can change its strength depending on the situation you're in. So you can get them that go from half a stop to three six stops or you can get them from like two stops up to ten stops and all you do is you rotate the ND to the number that you want it to be on your variable ND and that's how dark it will be. They're pretty straightforward to use once you get one on your camera and you can play with it just a little bit. It'll only take about 30 seconds to understand. Now, the strength of this is that you only need one ND filter in your bag, and you can change its strength depending on what you are doing. Unfortunately, these filters can suffer from various problems, including a big black X showing up when you turn the strength up too high, as well as some other image quality issues like color casting and vignetting and things that aren't really easy or possible to fix in post sometimes, so they work great for quick on-the-run neutral density, but won't provide you with the image quality of a straight neutral density filter. And these type of filters are only available in circular mount. They will not be available for putting them on the front of your camera with one of the square or rectangular mounts. And in terms of usage, you will use them primarily the same way you'd use the normal neutral density filters. You just got to remember that there's going to be some image quality issues that might pop up for you. All right, next up is the graduated neutral density filters. These come in both square and circular forms and are a filter that has a dark portion on half of it and it slowly transitions into a transparent filter on the other half. These are useful for more balanced exposures between the sky and the ground because you can darken the sky while leaving the land untouched. So these are fantastic, especially at sunset and sunrise when the sky is really, really bright and the ground is really, really dark and you want to expose for both. You can add a graduated neutral density filter to block out part of the sky and make that darker while leaving the ground a little bit brighter and be able to balance out the exposure a lot more. This kind of saves you from having to shoot in HDR and re-blend images together because you can just get it done right in camera. Now, there are circular ones available that screw onto the front of the lens, but they don't leave you much room compositionally for where the horizon will be in the image. So you typically will just end up with a line about halfway through the circular ones and you've got to basically put your horizon around halfway through. Some of them allow you to change where that half line is. So if it cuts on an angle, you might be able to cut off part of it, but it's really limiting compositionally. The more useful version of these filters is the rectangular ones 
because you can choose exactly how much of the sky or the ground is covered with the filter. So they come in a rectangular form and you would just slide it up and down in the adapter until you see exactly how much of the sky is covered with the dark bit and exactly where the transparent bit begins. So you have a lot of flexibility in your composition and you can rotate them, move them around. It's fantastic. For us out shooting travel and adventure work, you're going to use these a lot when you are trying to compose scenes that have a really bright sky and a really dark ground. And I tend to use mine mixed with a neutral density filter quite frequently on my adapter, and that's so that I can drag out time a little bit and also have the sky be a little bit darker so I don't have to do too much post-processing. All right, and finally, we come to circular polarizers. I mentioned these last week, but we're going to get into them a bit more now because they're so important. As the name suggests, circular polarizers are a circular filter. To use one, you mount it on your camera and rotate it until you see the desired effect in your image. Polarizers do several things, including reducing glare and reflections off water, glass, and other shiny objects. They also cause the sky to be a deeper blue and to let colors pop more in your image. Polarizers are one of those filters that you cannot fake in post. It affects the image drastically, especially in terms of those reflections in the water. So because of this, they are one of the most common filters photographers use today. So these type of filters significantly enhance your work simply because they remove that distracting glare from water. So the one where like the sun is hitting it and you see the reflection off of it, they can get rid of that. Not entirely, but fairly well. And because they allow you to shoot through glass and get a much cleaner image. So you won't have that reflection of the rest of the world or yourself in the glass nearly as much if you use a circular polarizer. For our sake, when we're out traveling and adventuring and doing good things, circular polarizers should really just stay attached to your camera as much as you possibly can, especially when you're shooting outdoors. Because they are the circular variety, they can just stay on the front of your lens and you can wander around with them on. They won't add any sort of size issue or anything. You don't have to worry about bumping them into anything. They will act as a kind of neutral density filter because they are a little bit darker. So they will lower your exposure just a little bit. So they can be a little bit hard to use when you're running gunning at, say, blue hour or even sunset. Because of that dropping of your exposure, you're likely dropping your shutter speed, going down that whole rabbit hole. So you just got to be aware of that with circular polarizers is that they are dark. So you will have to change up your shutter speed or your aperture or ISO just a little bit. Now, most circular polarizers attach directly to the filter threads, meaning you can't easily use them with other filters. But some companies are offering circular polarizers that can be dropped into their adapters to be used with square and rectangular NDs. This is huge for the creative process to be able to eliminate that reflection while also using an ND to cause that movement it just becomes spectacular. So if you want to be able to do this, you will need to make sure the company making your filters offers this possibility. All right, and we're getting into the last tip that I have for you about filters. Don't go buying cheap ones. You can get filters made of plastic or cheap glass, but really do not do this. Spend the good money on good filters. Filters made from inferior materials will cause color casting, vignetting, and other issues in your images that are nearly impossible to fix in post, or you're going to spend hours fixing them, and you would have wished you just spent that extra $100 on buying the proper filter so you don't have to do this to every single image that you take. And yes, filters can be expensive, but the cost of getting good ones is so well worth it. 
And you don't have to go out there and drop thousands of dollars on the most magnificent ones like Lee filters or anything like that. But you can get really, really good ones for a couple hundred dollars. And that's going to be more than enough to get you into the field and not have you have some of the problems that really cheap ones will cause. Think about it this way. You're spending really good money on expensive lenses. So don't go and put a cheap $20 filter in front of all that beautiful glass that you're buying for your camera. Get filters that are just as high quality glass as the lenses that you use. And that's it. Those are the four most common filters in photography and generally when and how you would use them. Of course, there's all sorts of fantastic artistic uses for all these filters. So get out there and play with them. You can check out the show notes on travelandadventurephotographyschool.com for suggestions on types of filters to buy. And that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm happy you took some time to increase your photography knowledge. If you've got questions or anything you want to learn about, send me a message. This is about teaching you more about photography. So if you have something specific you want to learn about, let me know. You can get a hold of me on Instagram at Travel Adventure Photo School, where we will also post near daily photography tips or at Robert Massey Photography, where you can follow along on my adventures and journeys as a professional photographer. You can also find us online at travelandventurephotographyschool.com. Now let's get out there and give these filters a try and create some really cool art. Let's adventure. Bye for now.